Hello and welcome to episode 235 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. Jump fans rejoice. It's the second day of the showcase meeting at Cheltenham on Saturday, where the Masterson Holdings and the tricky Potemps Hurdle races are both on the menu. Doncaster hosts the Group 1 Futurity Trophy Stakes for the two-year-olds, and we have action, hopefully, from Newbury as well. Inspection pending there. We've got both the Horace Hill and the St Simon Stakes to look forward to. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews the best of Saturday's racing action, plus Wally Pyra looks ahead to Sunday's meeting in Hong Kong. So we look forward to the weekend's action. couple of flat meetings, if the weather holds out for Doncaster and Newbury. The jumps back, as I mentioned, at Cheltenham, second day of the showcase meeting. And uh, there'll be some bubbles burst already in the early stages. Jumps racing is back. That's the good news. And Bill, jumps racing is back and the weather goes to match it. We'll talk about Champions Day and Frankie in a moment. But uh, this weather... It's um, pretty desperate at the moment, the, the ground that they're facing, isn't it? Yeah, it's strange. And it's it's funny because the ground at Cheltenham this weekend is going to be fine, you know, virtually good ground. But the flat meetings, you know, we saw last weekend, it's it's pretty wet. And we've had loads of rain all week. And Newbury have already abandoned Friday's meeting. And they're going to make a call on Friday afternoon whether Saturday goes ahead. Uh, and Doncaster got surface water. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's good weather if you like backing ducks, um, but racehorses less so. It's going to really, um, you know, the, the futurity, which we'll talk about in a minute or two, uh, it's going to fall apart the race, isn't it? You know, during, during the afternoon, you know, two or three aren't going to like it big time, and we're going to know about it after two or three furlongs, I'd suggest, and that. It's not great viewing uh, flat racing on this kind of ground, as, as we saw last weekend. It's... Um, Unless you're on big rock <laughs> in the mud, you can string them out. But when you're in, when you're in behind, like we were on a few other races, it's it's not so great to sit back and watch it. Talking about a subtle link, and there there it was, big rock won the <laughs> uh, the, the QE two. You said he would lead from the front. Jockey won't mess up this time. Led from the front, two furlongs out. You're thinking this is too good to be true. Furlong out, you're still thinking too good to be true. Big Rock, you put him up at 12s, I think, anti-post, 9-1 to one on the podcast, was backed in pretty much most of the day, went off 5-1, to one, won by six lengths. What a great performance. Well, and great performance by you for tipping it up. It was great. I mean, he's just one of those ones that got the heavy ground on the straight course that that he um, he deserved. It was one of those head-scratching days on, on Saturday. You have results that were unfathomable. Um, no disrespect to the Phillies and Mares winner, but you know, I didn't see that one coming. I thought the French horse would run, Rue would run better than that. Um, she was beat straight away. And it's that kind of ground where, some, like you say, some of these horses just don't go a yard in it. Mm. And you know your fate pretty early, but um, Big Rock did it like we hoped he might. Um, but um, I, I thought Raw Ryan was going to run a big race and turning in on the champion stakes, but he didn't seem to kind of see it out. Um, but yeah, big big rock was the jewel in a in a crown of nettles. It was, there were some tough results as well as that. So um, take the rough of the smooth. We should have come out on top on the day because of big rock, but it wasn't easy. And what about the man that they were all talking about on Saturday? Frankie de Tory rode Trollerman in the first. Don't know how he got that one up. 
how on earth did he get King of Steel to come from last to first in the champion stakes? What an incredible ride that was to finish his career this season, at least at Ascot, and maybe for good there. To, to ride a double and, and nearly getting Kinross home as well. Uh, a big day for him, wasn't it? Yeah, to, look, it's look that you can't underestimate the impact he's had on the sport and you the pressure for him with everyone there, his family, all his connections there, um, to ride a winner at least um on the day. He rode two, like you said, but two brilliant rides. You know, on Trollerman, he showed that patience. John Gosden said as you get older you learn to hold a bit back, and that's what he did. He held a bit back. Kiprios sweeped down the outside, and then he, he held a bit back and rallied back and beat him. Um, King of Steel, I still don't know how he won. Tony in, he, he must have been any price on on, on the exchanges. Uh, I think he was nine 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 on the exchanges, but that was a brilliant ride. Never say die. And Kim Ross, you know, Frankie kicked himself a bit, saying he had to kind of um, rush him up to try and get involved. But it's just the nature of it. I mean, like we thought, Kim Ross just hasn't been himself this season. He's been very good, but he hasn't been as good as he possibly was last season um lots of seconds and and, and thirds but he he's um Fra- frankie was brilliant last weekend and showed why he's made the decision to carry on because he's riding as well as ever we look forward to seeing him in breeders cup coming up next weekend big action over in the usa we've got um, hopefully big action over the uk this weekend we've got to doncaster coming up with newbury hopefully as well on the flat, as you say, we'll start with Doncaster actually. Uh, and heavy going is definitely going to be the case there. They're, they're having a look on Friday, I think they, they really can't afford to get too much more rain from what I was seeing. So, the Futurity, which is the first of the TV races at Donny 210 over the straight mile, is uh, hopefully we're going to be with eight runners. Now, Ancient Wisdom's been supplemented from Godolphin's. Yard here, Charlie Appleby, Will Buick has one on the soft at Newmarket, one by three and three quarter lengths uh, over the mile in October, what just two weeks ago. And that's why they've decided to put up just, I think, 17,000, not not an amazing amount of money, but uh, ancient wisdom has been supplementing. Taking on Diego Velasquez, he's only run two races, one and both, both on good going now. Aiden O'Brien, trainer of that uh, unbeaten son of Frankel. We've got Dancing Gemini for Roger Teal, who's also won on soft goings, won his last two. And God's Window, I think I saw an interview, Kieran Schumacher saying, yeah, he won't be too upset if it's heavy because he won on soft. He beat Red Hot Whisper as in the race. But I think you like Devil's Point in this group one that's coming up Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it's it's well, it's going to be a bit of a slog this. I, I put up Devil's Point earlier in the week, and he posted around 33s. I mean, he's that's his price. He's, he's, he's still around 33. So um, he hasn't he hasn't shortened that much. Uh, he's very likable. He's got quite a lot to find. I, I, I don't um, take his task lightly. Uh, in Ancient Wisdom, you've got a very, very smart, good old Finn horse who was brilliant at Newmarket a few weeks ago, will handle the ground, relentless galloper. The further they went uh, at that race in the autumn stakes at Newmarket, the better he was in background, power clear of Chief Little Rock. And um, that was a smart performance. And, you know, he's very good. I suppose if you were clutching at straws, you question whether two weeks is enough to get over those efforts, but he, he seemed to do it all quite easily. And they've supplemented him in search of another group one, um, 
they've only had the one Group One winner, um, Goodolf and Charlie Appleby, in in the UK this season. Um, or, the la- or they certainly haven't had one since modern games. So um, I think it's been a barren spell. So that that's probably why they're they're having a crack at this. Uh, is the obvious one. Uh, Diego Velasquez of of Aidan O'Brien's uh, unbeaten in two. You know he's closely related to horses like Point Lonsdale and Broom who who go in the mud, but you don't know till you tried. And the market suggests there's a concern over whether he'll be as effective in it. Um, if you can get thirteen to eight Ancient Wisdom, you've probably got a good bet. Um, I fancy him more, like I said in the column, more than Diego Velasquez. Um, I think he's got a great chance. Um, but look, Devil's Point, he's a horse who really caught the eye on his debut. Uh, when he was really um, kind of running on fifth behind Star Law at Sandown, and then went and got the job done, stepped up to seven and a half in soft ground at, at Foss Lass, uh, ran on. We put him up at Sandown behind Ablan um, back in September. <clears throat> that was a smart run in the Solari on ground that would have been too quick for him. Um, was a little bit underwhelmed by his run at Song Clue on soft ground last time. I thought he'd go a lot closer behind El Canter. Um, in a group three there um, didn't go that fast and turned into a bit of a dash and he kept on look I think he's a big strong soft ground horse being by New Bay stays all day handles the ground uh, this will be attritional he might just keep going he might curl up but at 33 to 1 he's a big enough price to take a chance um, I think you know it's unlikely that, that he'll be quite good enough to, to lower the colours of Ancient Wisdom or Diego Velasquez, but he's got as good a chance as any of hitting the frame. And um, yeah, I'd play him each way. I think Ancient Wisdom will probably win, but Devil's Point at 33s is, is a fair enough shout. I mean, don't forget, you get funny results in this race. Um, you know, you can get some big prices this time of year. And as much as I respect some of the others, like God's Window and um, Dancing Gemini, I just think Devil's Point might slip in here under the radar. David Manuzio's team in great form and a double in France last weekend with Ocean Murphy, and they team up again. And at 33s, give it a chance. Okay, there's listed action over six furlongs at uh, Doncaster, the straight six at 2.45, and nine of them due to go to post for these two-year-olds. Esquire, David O'Mara wouldn't have too many Chivalry Park horses. Probably wouldn't have too many two-year-olds either. He's not really noted for that kind of Horse, but he's got this uh, Esquire, who's the son of uh, Harry Angel, who won at Hamilton and then was second at York. Ballymount Boy for Adrian Keatley comes here to this race. Another winner from Hamilton. This Al Shabab Storm, Andrew Balding, who was our guest on the show last weekend, this one that won at Goodwood. That was on soft going and it was third on soft as well at Leicester on debut. So the ground should be okay. For him, we've got Mosswart going for Roger Varian, who obviously had a great day last weekend with Ammo Racing. And uh, Mosswart, another winner on soft at Yarmouth. These two-year-olds, you know, you, they're really going to either love the ground or hate the ground. And we, unless they run on soft, we won't know until 2.45 on Saturday. Yeah, and um, I'd probably take another chance on our old friend Bally Mount Boy. Um, we were on him at York when... Um... He was just reeled in by Indian Run um, over seven furlongs. He's returning back to soft ground. We saw him run that cracker behind Van Dijk at Goodwood. Um, that form doesn't look so bad now over six. I think six in the soft is probably a strip. 
whether he'll want the ground this bad remains to be seen, but he's more likely to handle it than plenty of others um, here. Esquire, you say, is probably the big danger on paper, but this is only his third run. Um, was a good second to Puro Sang at York last time. Uh, Travel nicely, but this is another another step up, I think, and um, the kind of uh, experience of Bally Mount Boy will put him in really good stead for Adrian Keatley. I think he's a you know, I think he's a really good bet actually around, I think you can get three to one with Coral. Um, I can see him being half that price. Now I can see him starting near his six to four. I would have thought, I think he's got a major chance. I think it'd be very hard to beat. Um, Al-Shabab's Storm was actually up for sale at Newmarket early in the week at the Tats, Tats sale and, and um, didn't meet his reserve a hundred grand. So um, it'd be interesting that he lines up um, here. Um, like you say, he's got some soft ground form. Um, but whether he's good enough to to beat Bally Mount Boy remains to be seen, and I'll stick with him, Bally Mount Boy. Bally Mount Boy in the uh, two forty five. One more race from Doncaster on TV on Saturday, the three twenty. It's a sprint, five furlongs. It's the Farewell Flat handicap on heavy going. Eleven runners, Vintage Clarets. He's only a four year old. I thought we're much older than that. Richard Fire has been uh, keeping him busy and has been winning the last two races. In Yorkshire at York and at Catterick, both over five, one of them on heavy going. That's probably why he's right up there leading the market. Desperate Hero goes for Jack Shannon, also a heavy ground winner this time at Nottingham last time out. It's one of got to soft at Newbury as well. Got Glorious Angel in there with Vanilla Scouse, Intrinsic Bond and Abduction. Call Me Ginger comes down from Scotland. The couple at the top, they've got the, the form on the ground. It's going to make them popular. Yeah, it's um, that's what it's, it's, it's. This will be run on really nasty stuff. Um, five felons in the mud. You definitely need to stay here on on heavy, tiring ground. Um, I put up abduction earlier in the week. Um, little bit concerning to see him declared on Friday night at Wolverhampton, and I was hoping that that declaration was a a kind of defensive security measure, just in case Doncaster had rain overnight and fell foul and looked like Saturday's meeting was going to um, be abandoned. So I'd be slightly concerned about abduction um, if he was to run at Wolverhampton on Friday night to come out and try and do it again in the mud. Um, but he was a selection um, at uh, on the anti-post um, column on Wednesday. Uh, so we could be on a non-runner there. That's the, you know, the, the concern, but I, I still think they'll go for this race just because of the prize money. Um, I think it's right for him as well. Um, he's taking a big step back in trip, but I love the way he handled the really bad ground at air last time behind be proud. Um, he just travels so well in the heavy stuff. And I think this ground is going to be so hideous that your ability to travel well and just stay in the race is going to count for so much. And, Abduction off a relatively light weight for the Jim Goldie team, I just think is a massive danger to these um, if he's allowed to take his chance. He would still remain uh, my number one selection um, should he be allowed to to, to run. Um, if he doesn't line up, I, I'd probably give a chance to count Dorsey, old friend down the bottom, um, around 11 to 1. He's been very busy, but... He ain't got much weight in this race. He's got eight stone four down the bottom. We know he handles bad ground. If it was at Haydock, I'd be even more confident. But um, 
Look, I, w- I wouldn't be worried about Doncaster. Um, he got a bit of a bump in a, a, a category last weekend. He's out again off a one pound lower mark, but you know we know he's effective off this mark. We know he handles bad ground. Um, just could, just could. He's the kind of horse that pops up in a race like this. So um, Count Dorsey at a double figure price, but yeah, main selection would be abduction. Now Newbury have decided not to race on Friday to protect the ground with the hope that they can race on Saturday. There will be an inspection to see if they can race at Newbury on Saturday. Should they do so, there are a couple of group threes we can look at. Starting at 12.55, the straight seven furlong Horace Hill states is for two-year-olds. There are eight you are going to post. Blue Lemons has been running on soft ground on both of his runs so far. He's by Blue Point. He's had a brilliant career as a sire of two-year-olds this season. Strained by Richard Hannon, Sean Levy rides. A winner at Leicester over seven, and then just beaten half for length into third on the soft at Newbury, what, uh, about a month ago. Son of Man goes for Jane Chapel Hyam, who's got a couple in this race. David Egan rides Son of Man, who's owned by the China Horse Club. He won on his debut. And they've got Finbar Fury as well. That used to be with Clive Cox, was sold recently to Abdullah Ali al And now with Jane Chapel Hyam, she's got Luke Morris on board. I guess they bought after that win uh, at uh, Salisbury, where they won by two and three quarter lengths comfortably. And uh, one of those two year olds that changed hands most recently, David Simcott's got changed for good in there as well. Again, it's the soft ground, and it's going to be really testing whatever they get at Newbury, should they be able to race on Saturday afternoon, Bill. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big if. And we won't spend a huge amount of time on Newbury because I think it's more likely to be off than on. They're inspecting on, at two o'clock on Friday. The ground of the last meeting when Thunder Bear won was appalling. And I think they probably had 50 mil since then. So surface water, really heavy stuff. Um, yeah, not the ideal scenario to be running a good um, two-year race like the Horace Hill. That's why that race is on at 12.55 as well, because they know how chewed up the ground's going to get. Um, it, it's going to be really hard work. Blue Lemons, looks progressive, will be favourite. Um, was third at Newbury here last time on soft ground. This is far worse, the ground. Um, he's by Blue Point. Look, he's probably the most likely winner, but I wouldn't be in a hurry to take 130 or 3 to 1 about anything in this ground. Um, Witness stands next best in the market around fours. Is a horse I quite like. Ran, ran at Goodwood um, behind Hartem back in August and has been gelded since and has run over six and seven. Um, the last two starts run well at, at um, Yarmouth and Newmarket, but being reeled in late, this ground's going to be terrible. And you know whether he, he'll see it out, I just I just don't know. Um, Finbar Fury, you mentioned, I was hoping for a bigger price about that one because he's a horse who seems to be getting his act together um, it, it, with each run, and he seemed to relish the step up in trip and soft ground last time. But this will require <laughs> more. Um, and yeah, I. I could, I could definitely see him running well. But the one I'm going to give a chance to is Orn of John Gosden. Um, John Gosden's team, it's a very kind of um, Gosden-esque thing to run a horse like him in a, in a race like this on, on on bad ground. But he opted for a mile on bad ground um, behind H and Wisdom and actually didn't run too bad, just didn't quite see out the mile there. Um, he's obviously, um, you know, held in held in regard and a double figure prize about him is probably um um 
underestimating underestimating the the level of form that he could could show. And uh, I thought the drop back in trip to seven um, seems to handle bad ground. If he runs the same race he did behind H and Wisdom, he shouldn't be far off these. And I just thought, um, yeah, I thought ten to one on was was a fair enough each way small stake shout. At one thirty, it's the St Simon Stakes, the other Group Three, mile and a half. This one now. I hope this race goes ahead only because I kind of worked out a few things here to to put to you. Um, they all supposed to go off the same way. It's a Group Three, but of course. There are penalties, there's wait for age, there's a filly, and there's a three-year-old in there as well. So we've got Hamish and Al-Karim, who've both won recently. I think both will like the ground. They've got penalties. They're on nine stone nine. You've got White Birch, who's a three-year-old, who's got nine stone three, because uh, he's won uh, just uh, a maiden, and he won at Leopardstown. So he won a group three. He carries a penalty for that. And then you've got the likes of Max Vega in there. Lone Eagle's got 9-6 on it. Then Ching Sing has got 9-3. And then right down the bottom, you've got Salt Bay, who is a cult, but he hasn't won anything in the group status. So he's only got 9 stone. So even though it's a group 3 where they're all supposed to carry the same weight, lots of them have got little advantages and disadvantages. Obviously, Hamish loves the ground. He's been waiting for soft ground for most of his career, and he's, he's finally got it recently. He's won... Three in a row, soft, good to soft twice. But uh, would you be in a rush to take six to four over a mile and a half on this kind of surface? No. <laughs> um, I, I think punters have short memories. And go back 12 months, deja vu, Hamish, 9-9, thrown in on, on his mark, went off 8-11, to 11, got beaten by Max Vega. 22 to one shot who lines up again here in very bad ground at Newbury late on in the season. The key being late on in the season, we are, we're slightly beyond the dying embers of the flat season because it's supposed to be over. And that's the the reason I'm swinging the bat a bit this week with bigger price ones on the flat um, because you just can't get sucked in towards the top of the market. You know, we saw all good horses like Paddington last week, just paddling in the mud. You know, the early season form goes out the window. Look, Hamish loves off ground, heavy ground. He's got all his conditions right, just the price is wrong. Um, you know, if you've got the four, you don't need the six. Six to four is just too short. I think um, I, I, I let him run at that. If I had to have a bet of the top two, I'd probably go for Al Karim. He's a horse who's got his act together. Um, you know, he's he, he won at Ascot War down Israel. I thought we'd, we'd found a winner last earlier in the month. Um, he's got form over much further, over two miles. Um, on very soft ground too. He's a horse that's that's running really well. But again, you know, he's he's got loads of weight. Um earlier in the week I put up Salt Bay at ten to one of, of Rafe Beckett's three year old right the way down the bottom. Now on form he's got loads to find, but he was the only horse that carried on galloping with not so sleepy. And this will be horrible ground. It will be really bad. And he kept galloping um behind not so sleepy and people slightly forget the performance there he carried 912 in the mud that day salt bay and if you take salt not so sleepy out the race because he got he got beaten two lengths in the end salt bay finished five and a half lengths clear of laffy further half length back to sea king you know and then the others at intervals you know it was a really good performance for a for a three-year-old carrying a big weight in the mud here he is he's got less weight he's right the way down the bottom 
he'll carry on galloping. <clears throat> he'll handle the heavy ground because he handled it at the last meeting. I just thought a double-figure price was too big about Salt Bay. He hasn't got the sexy profile of the top ones, but he might just surprise a few. Um, look, hopefully some people followed me early in the week and got the three places because that might be key for a horse like Salt Bay. It was an each-way recommendation. I still think he'll, he'll go well. Um, I was a bit surprised to see White Birch declared. Didn't think he'd make the trip. And, you know, he's he's 11 or 2. I can to- totally see uh, the case for him. You know, heavy ground winner at Leperstown earlier in the season in the Ballysacks kind of forced him into the derby picture, you know, and he was second in a Dante and third in the derby um, back on bad ground. Um, kind of a heavy ground galloper. I wouldn't put anyone off him. So, look, I, I, I would, if this race is on, I would take the 11 or 2 White Birch and kind of dutch him with eight to one Salt Bay. That's how I'd play it. I take those two against the top two. And I know that seems crazy for those form judges, but it's a crazy time of year and funny things happen. Okay, let's hope that Newbury gets to go ahead on Friday afternoon, the inspection there for Saturday's racing at Newbury. We've uh, finally got uh, the weather for the jumps. And at Cheltenham, they've got the ground for the flat. It's good to soft at the moment at Cheltenham. It might get a little bit softer before Saturday. One fifteen, we're going to start there. Two-mile handicap chase. And you've got horses that are coming back after their breaks. And the likes of Haddock does Oboe for Gary Moore with son Jamie on board. Having one in December and January. Not seen him for a while. Red Rock, he's been off 180 days. Emma Lavelle, the yards in good form. And then we've got horses that have been out recently. The 10 horse guy for Nigel Twiston Davis was a winner just uh, three weeks ago and before midnight, who used to be with Sam Thomas, now with Fergal O'Brien for the second time, ran a couple of weeks back. Joe Tizard's got triple trade, who comes out for the first time since April. So we're off to Cheltenham. I know you're sponsoring a race on Friday, second on the card. And we've got 12 runners yeah. in this one in, in the showcase meeting. Not always big fields, but on Saturday they seem to have held out quite well. Yeah, this is this is a really um really good race for so so early on in the season. It doesn't make it easy for punters because you don't know who's fully wound up and who's not. It's gonna be run on kind of good to soft good in places or good, good to soft in places ground. Um three really smart horses at the top of the weights <laughs> trying to give weight away to up and comers. Um, you know, not long till May. You gotta go back through um his portfolio, you know, he he was second to stage star in the in the Turners at the festival. Admittedly, at a big price. That's a hell of a run, you know. That's that's for top class form. Dancing on my own, obviously a winner at Aintree. Um, had a prep run too uh, back in the summer, um, and had a Dezobo was will be favourite here, and was a leading kind of outsider that sounds a bit bit hypocritical but was a kind of clever person's horse for the Arkle until he got injured um so we know the regard that he was found he suddenly turned his form inside out um having run at Kempton November and then came out December and January and bolted up in 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 two decent novice chases so he's smart they've got a fair bit chunk of weight um I thought this was horribly tough, this race. You got loads of pace. Hadazobo will go forward. Guy will go forward on on a hat trick. Um Yeah. I mean it's 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 one of those classic Cheltenham head scratchers. Um I kind of came down on Red Rookie. 
for a number of reasons. Uh, the main reason being the form of the Emma Lavelle yard. Um, she could literally send anything out. Um, they're running really well. She's firing in winners. Um, she's operating at 31% of the last 14 days. Five of the last 16 have won. Um, Red Rookie's a horse who was just progressive last year and two miles is perfect. Um, ground shouldn't be a bother. Uh, I can just see Red Rookie sitting in behind the pace. I think how does the Zobo be a big danger? But yeah, Red Rookie around 11 or 2, 6 to 1. Yeah, I think that's probably the way I'd play a really tough looking race. Then at 150, two miles and a half a furlong for the Masterson Holdings Hurdle. Field of eight going to post for this. Um, is, is this a, a decent renewal? We've got likes of Blue King Doro in there for Paul Nichols and the Johnny Delahaye colours who was behind punctuation at Aintree, having won at Ascon in April in the juvenile hurdle there. A spirit, Donu, is in there for Gary Moore, is looking for a big day on Saturday. Once again, Jamie's on board. This one's won four in a row now, not been seen since April when running at Chepstow, won on that occasion. Punta del Este is with uh, Dan Skelton. That was uh, a winner uh, when he was over in France. I don't think it's one for Dan just yet. Got likes of Mr. Mackay Chaos Control in there. And I saw a race the other way. It was working, uh, watching the Chepstow races, with the Jilla Joan was in there for the pipe yard. Looked like it was going to win. Just got caught close down by a horse called Shared. Set up his favour. But that was over a couple of miles on heavy going. How did you see this one? Yeah, another another trappy-looking race. I mean, it looks on paper to be a bit of a match between Blue King Daru and Spirit Dunno. Um I probably butchered the pronunciation there, but there you go. Um, I was there the day that Blue King Daru made his hurling debut for for the Nichols team on the Paddy Power weekend last year. Um, he was the triumph hurdle horse, supposedly, if you remember, and he came out and was hideous. Uh, six to four favourite and got pulled up in that. And then, um, you know, it looked strange because Paul Nichols had, had waxed lyrical about how good he was. Uh, and then came out and got buried again at Taunton um, a couple of days before the end of the year. Um, had his win done and just came back. Different horse. It was a 50 to 1 winner at Ascot back in um, back in April, um, where he beat Affordale. Um And then was a good second at Aintree. So he's just beginning to realize a bit of his potential he's only gone up four pounds for that second in the mud at Aintree the slightly better ground will probably help this time round um perfect kind of starting point for him um uh, he's gonna take some beating I think uh Blue King Daru um I was kind of half keen to take him on um with Spirit Danu but Nichols has begun the season quite well and I watched the uh, old Rubo win last weekend and thought, oh, they're, they're, they're already hitting top gear pretty early for the Nichols mm. team. So it's not very original. I wanted to take him on, but I think six to four, Blue King Daru is probably fair enough. And I think he'll take the world of beating. At 2.25, got a handicap chase, three miles in the furlong. On the, it's the old course they're using at Cheltenham uh, on Saturday. Lord Accord, Neil Mulholland trains this horse is going to be one of the popular ones alongside quick draw for Nikki Henderson in the Bamford Cerise colours I suppose you call that. Under supervision goes for Twist and Davis family Nigel and Sam combining Amorite for Henry de Bromhead comes over so does Rachel Blackmore also was pulled up 
in April in the Irish Grand National, but had previously won a couple of races in uh, 2022, the end of the, the year there. Twigs in there as well for Ben Pauling. And Neil Mulholland's got another one with Brief Times, who uh, won a couple of starts ago uh, over in Wales, winning at Bangor. How did you see this one racing over three miles and a furlong? Yeah, we're going to talk about two races now that that they're trappy because you don't know what the plan, the long-term plans. We're going to get on to the pertemps in a minute, but this is another race where you look at some of these horses, the potential and whether today's the big... Um, the big day or not um the obvious one that kind of screams out at you is am i right of henry de bromheads now this was a the horse that was sent off favorite for the irish grand national the last time we saw him when he was pulled up but you know he was sent off 11 to 2 favorite running off here running off a off a, off of mark um pretty you know we run off 138 um he's, he's a bit higher here but um you know he's he's of interest he has to be even with 11 11 so the market will tell you um tell you what what he's gonna do um quick draw's been well found in the market all week for nicky henderson one well um beat volcano at ludlow um earlier in, in the month a couple of weeks ago so he comes here race fit um but i'm gonna be boring and stick with last year's winner lord accord for neil mulholland at six to one um same prep as last year. Um, they went to Warwick in September last year, went there in the first week of October. Nice, quiet pop round um, over over hurdles to, to, to prep them for this. Uh, appeared here last year, won with any amount of hand off 1-3-1, beat the Wolf four and a half lengths, um, rallied clear in the, in the end. Um, that was off 1-3-1, manages to line up here off a mark of one three two so only a pound higher and look in 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 good form grounds the rains missed cheltenham so got got his ground um yeah plenty to like about it um neil mulholland's been amongst the winners this week so we know the stable are in good nick and yeah there's no reason why he can't um put up a very good defense and yeah lord accord with 11-1 richie mclaren riding will do for me at six to one also, one of the nicest trainers you could ever meet, Neil Mulholland. He's such a lovely yeah. guy. Yeah, uh, really, and, and a good trainer too. Yeah, very yeah. good trainer, very good, very good target trainer. And uh, yeah, I think I think all the core. But you know, it's it's that time of year. It's tricky. You got to respect some some of the local yards. You know, under supervision, all run well and. Twig could go well too. But yeah, I just think Lord Accord. Um, if you remember post. Um, post Cheltenham last year after after winning um here uh was a very good second to Frodon off one three six in the in the mm. old Badger beer. Um you know made a made a mistake at the last which was probably costing the race anyway but that was off a mark of one three six so you know we know effectively can be off a higher mark so that's four pounds lower here um back in the track we know over a trip we know he operates well on and um yeah Lord Accord is a very interesting runner here. Okay, now the three o'clock. I think this is a race, Bill. We we could let you just sort of talk about the race and not necessarily put a tip up because it's the Potemps, isn't it? And and you've got to be in the first four to qualify for Cheltenham at the festival, but you got to have a mark high enough to get in the final at Cheltenham, but not a mark that's too high that you can't win the race. 
almost impossible to figure out at this stage of the yeah. season what's going to happen. And the Irish are coming over with Bugs Moran for Noel Mead. Willie Mullins has got, well, I've won. Gordon Elliott's got a ring duffer in. Uh, and, you know, they, they keep coming and they obviously know what they're doing with those horses. But how on earth do you pick a horse that's going to win this race, but not then screw up its chances for way down the line at the festival? <laughs> It's just like, it reminds me of when you're a kid, you used to do a Rubik's Cube and get one side all blue and you think you cracked it and you turn it over and there's the other side's all different colours. It's a bit like that because you've got to work out, they've got to qualify, which is the main goal. But if they're already going to get into the race, the extra five, seven, eight, nine, ten pounds could cost them. And that's the big conundrum. And, you know, the obvious one, the one that screams out is Bugs Moran. Uh, this is a, a horse coming over from Ireland um, for Noel Mead, who you know when when he when he got a trip last year, he was pretty effective. You know, he was third to Nelswell, beat Eric Bloodax, um, went to, on to be second at Punchestown, uh, second to a great view over over the best part of three miles on decent ground. That was off one two five. His marks moved up a couple of seconds since. He's just creeping up. He's off a mark of one three six. Um, you know, I, I want to feel <clears throat> that he's a bet here, but the niggling concern is that if he's placed, he qualifies and he'll go up enough to get in because he'll be a 140, 142, 143. And that's just the, the tiny concern that I have, um, with putting him up. Um, look, this is this is just a bit of a horror story, um, of a race. Um, you can have a million darts at this and get it wrong. Um, I'm going to play two at big prices primarily because I'm scared at the top of the market, even though the favorite was well back to Irish horse won it last year. Um, I'm scared of, of, of the top in the, I, I feel that, you know, they could run well and be, be placed. I mean, the Mullins has got a runner with Paul Town and Riley off one, two, nine, uh, will have won. I mean, that can win and qualify you know get 10 pounds to get again in the race so um i wouldn't put anyone off off that but on form got a bit to find um so yeah swinging the bat i'm gonna go for two the first one i'm gonna go for is david pipes horse bashful boy right the way down the bottom runs off a mark of one two five bashful boy now we haven't seen him for a fortnight and that was when he was fourth to the shunter over two miles two on the flat in the Cesarowitz, which was a hell of a good run. Um, switching back to hurdles, got plenty to find, but runs here off a mark of one, two, five. We know he's in good form. He's a big price. He's 16. He might even be bigger um, come the day. I could just see him running really well. Um, and, you know, a win would put him in the per temps. Um, he'd need to win to get in the per temps. And, and uh, you know, we know he's he's fit from the flat. Um, he, he will do. Um, the other one I liked, I thought party business would run well. Um, first run back, I mean, had the win done. This is a horse I remember from winning at Aintree a few years ago off a mark of 132. It's only a couple of pounds higher now, but showed a bit more at Aintree back in May and had his win done and just might be uh, have been overlooked in the market here um party business i thought um i thought you know around 20 to 1 party business could run well and that would be the way i play it if i played those two bachelor boy at kind of 16 20 and party business around 20 i thought one of them might just just get involved but it's 
horrendously hard um, and tread carefully. So let's have a look at some of the international racing coming up this weekend. In Hong Kong, we're not at Sha Tin for a change. We're at Happy Valley on Sunday morning. Very early start as well in the UK. The times change, of course. The clocks go back an hour. So 4.45 at Happy Valley. And we'll hear from Wally Pyra on why it's Happy Valley and which course, because there are many different courses there. And uh, some are more tricky than others. But Wally, we've also got international racing elsewhere this weekend with some really interesting runners coming from Hong Kong, Romantic Warrior in particular, and of course, that uh, fantastic horse, Equinox. So it's a big weekend of racing all over the world, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's uh, They do this. It's a rare appearance for Happy Valley on Sunday. And I've got to say, you've just pointed out to me that the clocks go back on Saturday night. So there is a problem for me straight away because I didn't know that. I knew it was coming up, but I wasn't quite sure what it was. You stick with me on this podcast, Wally, and we'll sort your life out. Don't worry, I'll, I'll have Tesco delivery right about Thursday afternoon at three for you. Is that okay? <laughs> anyway, look, we don't have to worry about uh, um, the times. Well, it hasn't changed, obviously, for Romantic Warrior um, tomorrow morning. Um, Romantic Warrior lines up. It's obviously the Hong Kong champion. Lines up in the Group 1, £2.5 million prize money Cox Plate. Over 10 furlongs. It's run at uh, 7.10 and it'll be live on Sky Racing TV. So it's well worth watching, especially for Hong Kong uh, racing fans because it's our champion. Um, he got beat first time up in the Turnbull Stakes. Danny Shum said, well, facilities weren't great, needed a gallop, food wasn't right. But since that race, he's worked exceptionally well. James McDonald, his jockey, the world-class jockey McDonald, is very keen on his chances. So everybody will be glued, especially, as I say, in Hong Kong on Saturday morning to watch um, Romantic Warrior. Is he going to win? Well, we all hope so. We hope so. Um, I see his odds are around about 130. He's favourite for the race, but... I was, I was looking down the field and my danger, I've got to say, is, and it's ironic because Zach Purton is riding a horse called um, Fantail, who won a, a Group 1 recently. Uh, he's trained by the legendary Chris Waller. He's an interest in each way, but if you think, oh, no, I can't have Romantic Warrior, Romantic Warrior is trying to do what three previous Hong Kong champions have done by trying to win the Cox Plate. So keep an eye on Fantail, but I'm still, well, I'm praying and hoping that uh, Romantic Warrior can win. Then, yeah. as you say, let's look on Sunday. And the reason it's it's worth pointing, because this is a great race. It's the Tenno Show Autumn. It's over 10 furlongs. It's run at 6.40. It was an hour earlier. I thought it'd be, I could get up at 7.40 in the morning, <laughs> but now you told me the clocks go back. It's now... 6.40 on Sunday morning. But it's well worth getting up because you've got Equinox running, the highest-rated racehorse in the world. He's defending his crown 
it looks people will say this looks like it's an exercise gallop his strength his stamina his acceleration will be very difficult to beat he's won four group ones on the bounce but in opposition there is a couple of horses that are well worth keeping an eye on started with a horse called doe deuce who beat equinox in last year's japan derby he found he couldn't get his feet out the ground in last season's art de triomphe he then came out he won a group two over 11 furlongs in february but not been seen since however if you watch his gallops um recently very very smart looks sharp and strong he's got a chance and another big danger called prognosis he was uh the sapporo kinnan winner uh, late maturing sort of galloper, won six of his ten starts, won two out, two out of three over this trip on Sunday, the ten furlongs. Some of the Hong Kong viewers may remember he finished behind Romantic Warrior in the QE2 Cup, but he did do the fastest closing sectional in this race. He's he's going very well. So really, all in all, you've got three really good horses. Let's hope Equinox can do the business. He's £9 rated, or he's rated £9 better in the ratings than the yeah. others. But I promise you, no deuce and prognosis are real dangers. He won't be the exercise canter for Equinox or how he did it last time he won. Well, the last time we saw him, it, it was unbelievable, wasn't it, in Dubai? I mean, he just quickened off his own pace and nothing could get anywhere near him. It was, for that kind of class of a race, Incredible performance. Well, in the Dubai Shima Classic in March. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he subsequently, and, he, and I watched him win recently, um, he was right at the back. He was five deep. And when they swing <laughs> into the straight, he came the widest of them all. But Christophe Lemaire never, ever picked up his whip. Mm. He just rode him out to the bit. Yeah, he's a real super horse. And let's hope that he um, he can win. But yeah. he, to me, he's no certainty. He'll be probably a very short price, but to me, he's no certainty. Right, let's have a look at the Valley now. The Valley card on Sunday, very rare. You get a very rare 10-race programme at the Valley on Sunday. Um, first up, the weather forecast is not good. I mean, there's rain forecast during the day. There's thunderstorms circling it circling the city again if any of that drops down on the track during the action then you know the form book students have a, have massive problems again but hoping that he won't be too bad as a little pointer to listeners who may look um to have a flutter on sunday in the six furlong races inside draws have a big advantage one one two three four they have a bigger distinct advantage from the outside numbers 10 11 12 have a poor record in it so keep an eye out if you fancy a horse over six furlongs and it's got a low draw number double your double your bet if you're that strong on it um the, the 515 very difficult to be up at that time. I'm sure the majority of people will have their eyes closed. Um, but it's it's a field, it's a long distance, what they call long distance in Hong Kong. It's 11 furlongs. But as I say, it's a long distance handicap. Field of eight runners, looks a tight handicap. 
Course and distance winners, you've got Super Hong Kong. He carries £20 less from his last race, so he's got to have a chance. An old campaigner, again, many of the Hong Kong listeners will probably remember Natural Storm. He's a course and distance specialist with three wins uh, and four in the frame from just seven runs over this course and distance. Third in the one-and-a-half-mile Queen Mother Memorial Cup. He is getting long in the tooth. He has, does have top weight, but he looks at probably the safest proposition. Um, the 615 King Invincible, I mentioned this because Purton's on it. And on the side, Purton is having an absolute nightmare at the moment. The old gods of fortune in Hong Kong have certainly turned their backs on him. He's had 27, an unheard of 27 consecutive losers, of which 14 have been beaten favourites, many of them long odds on Charlie's. Thousands of avid race fans, their patience must be wearing thin. Mm -hmm. So it's hopeful that Burton will definitely need a winner on Sunday. He's got nine rides in the 10 races, but it's difficult racing. But hopefully he'll get himself a winner which is includes this horse, King Invincible, got chopped up last time with the Zachman ride in it. Looks to have a good chance with a good draw in his favour. Circuit 7, who finished a length in front of King Invincible. They've put this claimer, Angus Chung, and, and Angus Chung on, on, in the saddle. He's riding really well at the moment, and that £7 is a well worth the claim. So that race there... Um, the 8.10 is over the extended mile Golden Bull, trained by Danny Shum. Let's hope that Danny Shum comes back to a hero's welcome after saddling Romantic Warrior 24 hours um, beforehand. He's He's got a big chance. He's run 11 times, never won anything. Oh, no, he's a serial loser, this horse. But he has been placed... In, in the frame seven times out of the 11. And there have been pretty decent opposition he's been meeting, especially at um, Shartin. He steps up in distance for this first time. To me, he looks one of the favourable horses to fancy on Sunday. That's how I would look at it. He was fifth last time out to a good horse called Karma over seven furlongs. Strong finish, well-drawn should have the run of the race. So I would be disappointed if Golden Bull doesn't win. But tough race. Then you've and then I've got to say I've got to mention this race. The feature race on the card. It's the class two, two hundred and eighty thousand um, pound uh handicap over five furlongs. It's one of these races where blink and you'll miss the result. But you've got these horses in this race, like Kirpany, Ping High Galaxy, Whiskey, Nervous Witness, Carol Street, Reward Smile. I mean, find the winner. Good luck. I really do. I really have no idea. I shouldn't be saying it. But I've got no idea what will win this race. I'd like to see Kirpany, the top weight, Casper um, Founsall, who's already won this year. And the reason I just like it to win is for these, um, his claimer apprentice, Alfie Chan. Poor old Alfie's only had 10 rides in the season. Still looking for his first win. He's in desperate need of it. Um He's got, a, he's got a chance. If he gets a, an uncontested lead out in front, he's got a chance. But it's 
really and truly, I have myself personally, I pass on that. Mm-hmm. And then we go into the, the last couple of races, you've got the 915 a Class 3 Handicaps, another in a competitive affair. You've got Atomic Force, unlucky last time out. Excellent Pierce caught my eye, purely and simply, because he's run okay in his first couple of runs, but he looks like he's, rate, he's on a rating that's just too high for him at the moment. But Frankie Law, whose stable's in front or in form, has put Angus Chung claiming his seven pound, which may help. He's well drawn, so he looks he looks like he's got a pretty good chance in that. But you've got in opposition sixth generation, who I would have fancied strongly, but he's got an outside drawer of eleven. And um, what's the other one? Brave Star. Yeah, they're the probably the main dangers. Although, as I say, if excellent peers can just get him in the right spot at the right time. And he'll be a fairish price. Keep an eye on him. And finally, I just mentioned the last race, the ten, the nine fifty. Nearly said the ten fifty, the nine fifty over the extended mile. And the reason I say Casper Founds has got this horse, June Planet, who steps up in class. He's gone up. He's he's going for a hat trick, but he's looked he's looked progressive in his last couple of wins with Hugh Bowman. Obviously, Hugh Bowman suspended, so he won't be on it. Chadwick, Ma- Matthew Chadwick's on it. He had a winner on Wednesday, so the jockey's in form. He's got a chance, looks progressive. You've got a horse called Big Red. I've mentioned that on numerous time on the podcast at Shartin. He takes his chance for the first time at Happy Valley. Consistent. Be hard to leave him out of the frame. Splendid living. Um, and there's a horse there near the bottom of the handicap called Hong Kong Dragon, trained by Douglas White. Um, he looks like to me, and I shouldn't say this, but he looks like he's running twice to get him fit. Instead of running in trials, he's running him in races to get him fit. Last year, he spread eagle the opposition um, in a class below what he's running here, but he's only he's only a few pound above his last winning out weight and he spread eagle the opposition in that race he may run well at a big price but another tough race well thanks wally racing this weekend in hong kong comes from happy valley live on sky sports racing from sunday morning that's all from us for today we'll be back again next week as we take our usual look ahead to the weekend's top race in action so please make sure you join us then if you can and don't forget to visit the city am website for all the latest news and horse racing tips and you can follow the podcast on apple tunes spotify amazon music or stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released <laughs>